0: chapter 21 part 5 of the wonderful adventures of nils by selma LAGERLOFF translated by velma swanston howard this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by gerald mo tucker georgia the story of car and greyskin the big war of the moths THE FOLLOWING SPRING, AS Carr WAS DASHING THROUGH THE FOREST ONE MORNING, HE HEARD SOMEONE BEHIND HIM CALLING, CAR, CAR. HE TURNED AND SAW AN OLD FOX STANDING OUTSIDE HIS LAIR. YOU MUST TELL ME IF THE HUMANS ARE DOING ANYTHING FOR THE FOREST, SAID THE FOX. YES, YOU MAY BE SURE THEY ARE, SAID Carr. THEY ARE WORKING AS HARD AS THEY CAN
1: they have killed off all my kinsfolk and they'll be killing me next
0: protested the fox but they shall be pardoned for that if only they save the forest that year carr never ran into the woods without some animals asking if the humans could save the forest it was not easy for the dog to answer the people themselves were not certain that they could conquer the moths but considering how feared and hated old Cole Marden had always been, it was remarkable that every day more than a hundred men went there to work. They cleared away the underbrush, they felled dead trees, lopped off branches from the live ones, so that the caterpillars could not easily crawl from tree to tree. They also dug wide trenches around the ravaged parts, and put up lime-washed fences to keep them out of new territory. Then they painted rings of lime around the trunks of trees, to prevent the caterpillars leaving those they had already stripped. The idea was to force them to remain where they were until they starved to death. The people worked with the forest until far into the spring. They were hopeful, and could hardly wait for the caterpillars to come out from their eggs feeling certain that they had shut them in so effectually that most of them would die of starvation but in the early summer the caterpillars came out more numerous than ever they were everywhere they crawled on the country roads on fences on the walls of the cabins they wandered outside the confines of liberty forest "'to other parts of Colmarden. "'They won't stop till all our forests are destroyed,' sighed the people, who were in great despair "'and could not enter the forest without weeping. Carr was so sick of the sight of all these creeping, gnawing things "'that he could hardly bear to step outside the door. "'But one day he felt that he must go and find out "'how Grayskin was getting on. He took the shortest cut to the elk's haunts and hurried along, his nose close to the earth. When he came to the tree stump where he had met helpless the year before, the snake was still there and called to him.
1: Have you told Grayskin what I said to you when last we
0: met? asked the water snake. Carr only growled and tried to get at him.
1: If you haven't told him, by all means do so
0: insisted the snake
1: you must see that the humans know of no cure for this plague
0: neither do you retorted the dog and ran on carr found grayskin but the elk was so low-spirited that he scarcely greeted the dog he began at once to talk of the forest i don't know what i wouldn't give if this misery were only at an end he said now, I shall tell you that tis said you could save the forest. Then Carr delivered the watersnake's message. If any one but helpless had promised this, I should immediately go into exile. Declared the elk, But how can a poor water-snake have the power to work such a miracle? Of course, it's only a bluff, said Carr water snakes always like to pretend that they know more than other creatures when carr was ready to go home grayskin accompanied him part of the way presently carr heard a thrush perched on a pine top cry there goes grayskin who has destroyed the forest there goes grayskin who has destroyed the forest carr thought that he had not heard correctly but the next moment a hare came darting across the path. When the hare saw them, he stopped, flapped his ears, and screamed, "'Here comes Greyskin,
1: who has destroyed the forest!'
0: Then he ran as fast as he could.
1: "'What do they mean by that?'
0: asked Carr. "'I really don't know,' said Grayskin. "'I think that the small forest animals are displeased with me, because i was the one who proposed that we should ask help of human beings when the underbrush was cut down all their lairs and hiding-places were destroyed they walked on together a while longer and carr heard the same cry coming from all directions there goes grayskin who has destroyed the forest grayskin pretended not to hear it but carr understood why the elk was so downhearted i say grayskin what does the water snake mean by saying you killed the
1: one he loved best
0: how can i tell said grayskin you know very well that i never kill anything shortly after that they met the four old elk crooked back antler crown rough mane and big and strong who were coming along slowly one after the other well met in the forest called Grayskin. well met in turn answered the elk we were just looking for you Grayskin, to consult with you about the forest the fact is began crooked back we have been informed that a crime has been committed here and that the whole forest is being destroyed because the criminal has not been punished what kind of a crime was it? Someone killed a harmless creature that he couldn't eat. Such an act is accounted a crime in Liberty Forest. Who could have done such a cowardly thing? wondered Grayskin. They say that an elk did it, and we were just going to ask if you knew who it was. No, said Grayskin. I have never heard of an elk killing a harmless creature. Grayskin parted from the four old elk and went on with Carr. He was silent and walked with lowered head. They happened to pass Crawley the adder, who lay on his shelf of rock. There goes Grayskin, who has destroyed the whole forest, hissed Crawley like all the rest. By that time Grayskin's patience was exhausted. He walked up to the snake and raised a forefoot. Do you think of crushing me as you crushed the old water snake? hissed Crawley. Did I kill a water snake? asked Grayskin, astonished. The first day you were in the forest you killed the wife of poor old helpless, said Crawley. Grayskin turned quickly from the adder and continued his walk with Carr. Suddenly he stopped. Carr, it was I who committed that crime i killed a harmless creature therefore it is on my account that the forest is being destroyed what are you saying carr interrupted you may tell the water-snake helpless that Grayskin goes into exile to-night that i shall never tell him protested carr the far north is a dangerous country for elk do you think that i wish to remain here when I have caused a disaster like this," protested Grayskin. "'Don't be rash. Sleep over it before you do anything.' "'It was you who taught me that the elk are one with the forest,' said Grayskin, and so saying he parted from Carr. The dog went home alone, but his talk with Grayskin troubled him, and the next morning he returned to the forest to seek him. But Grayskin was not to be found, and the dog did not search long for him. He realized that the elk had taken the snake at his word and had gone into exile. On his walk home Carr was too unhappy for words. He could not understand why Grayskin should allow that wretch of a water-snake to trick him away. He had never heard of such folly. What power can that old helpless have? As Carr walked along, his mind full of these thoughts, he happened to see the gamekeeper, who stood pointing up at a tree. What are you looking at? asked a man who stood beside him. Sickness has come among the caterpillars, observed the gamekeeper. Carr was astonished, but he was even more angered at the snake's having the power to keep his word grayskin would have to stay away a long long time for of course that water-snake would never die at the very height of his grief a thought came to carr which comforted him a little perhaps the water-snake won't live so long after all he thought surely he cannot always lie protected under a tree root as soon as he has cleaned out the caterpillars I know someone who is going to bite his head off." It was true that an illness had made its appearance among the caterpillars. The first summer it did not spread much; it had only just broken out when it was time for the larvae to turn into pupae. From the latter came millions of moths; they flew around in the trees like a blinding snowstorm and laid countless numbers of eggs. An even greater destruction was prophesied for the following year. The destruction came not only to the forest, but also to the caterpillars. The sickness spread quickly from forest to forest. The sick caterpillars stopped eating, crawled up to the branches of the trees, and died there. There was great rejoicing among the people when they saw them die, but there was even greater rejoicing among the forest animals. From day to day the dog Carr went about with savage glee, thinking of the hour when he might venture to kill helpless. But the caterpillars, meanwhile, had spread over miles of pine woods. Not in one summer did the disease reach them all. Many lived to become pupas and moths. Grayskin sent messages to his friend Carr, by the birds of passage, to say that he was alive and faring well. But the birds told Carr confidentially that on several occasions Grayskin had been pursued by poachers, and that only with the greatest difficulty had he escaped. Carr lived in a state of continual grief, yearning, and anxiety. Yet he had to wait two whole summers more before there was an end of the caterpillars. Carr no sooner heard the gamekeeper say that the forest was out of danger than he started on a hunt for helpless. But when he was in the thick of the forest he made a frightful discovery. He could not hunt any more. He could not run, he could not track his enemy, and he could not see at all. During the long years of waiting, old age had overtaken Carr. He had grown old without having noticed it. He had not the strength even to kill a water snake. He was not able to save his friend Grayskin from his enemy. End of chapter 21, part 5. Recording by Gerald Moe, Tucker, Georgia.